0: You're listening to Word on Health, the report with its finger on the pulse of popular medicine with Paul Pennington. Word on Health. Feel very best of health. It's a time of peace on earth and goodwill to all, where acts of kindness bring joy to the world. But, says a not-for-profit organisation, kindness shouldn't just be for Christmas. It's an underrated quality that costs us nothing, with evidence to show it's good for our mental health and overall well-being. For the past 15 years, social entrepreneur David Jamili has volunteered his time to encourage us all to be a little kinder.
1: A lot of the news we're confronted with is grim all the time. So 15 years ago, I started gathering in good deeds from around the world. I got most beautiful, heartwarming stories from the weirdest places on the planet. People in the most extreme circumstances that are hard for us to even imagine doing kind things. It hooked me up to want to push it up to a different level. I then founded Kindness UK with a view to increasing awareness around kindness, something which could catch on with the general public. And I knew that the more we talk about positive values like kindness, the more it comes into our attention sphere. It immediately has a sort of magical ripple effect. Just purely talking about it, I mentioned kindness to you, you in turn talk to somebody else, in a more positive frame of mind, or potentially even do an act of kindness. There are all sorts of statistics that one act of kindness will multiply by seven. So I wanted to get that word out there much as I possibly could. So David, how did you get
0: Kindness UK off the ground and how has it progressed?
1: I thought that I would start firstly with the youngest people, my first campaigns were to do with primary schools. Then I moved on to secondary schools. Then I moved on to the general public. Then I moved on to universities. I'm very happy to say that 15 years later, there's, say, hardly a school in the country that doesn't use the references we've built up in our kindness pack, which has been freely distributed. 50,000 copies have gone out over the years. We live in a world which takes science as the benchmark for everything. So we have to have statistics for things. We all know that it's good for you. We all know it's important. But world we live in demands we prove it. In the last two to three years, we've managed to be a part of the world's first kindness research centre, which is at Sussex University. That's under Professor Robin Banerjee. And they have a team dedicated to researching kindness.
0: I see that radio has played a key role in recent times, assisting researchers boost their understanding, with over 60,000 people participating in a study in conjunction with BBC Radio 4. And although the world might not feel like a very kind place at the moment, the good news is three quarters of respondents said they received kindness from close friends or family quite often or nearly all the time. Two thirds thought the pandemic had made us kinder, with income levels making little difference to acts of kindness.
1: There are lots and lots of practical things in the day with the intent to do something kind that can be achieved without spending money, without making a big deal about it, just a little nudge of attitude. Just think of one little thing you can do in the day. And it can just be simply a smile. If it works for you, then tomorrow you could do two little things, you know. But being practical, we have busy lives, but making that effort and that intent, multiplying it by lots and lots and lots of people, we can actually make a huge, huge difference. And a huge difference is needed right now, because there are a lot of difficult challenges going on, not just in the UK, but around the world. And we're all very aware of them.
0: Word on health. Feel very best of health. It's our third most common cancer and sadly takes the lives of over 34,000 people across the UK each year. The theme of this year's Lung Cancer Awareness Campaign, spearheaded by the Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation, is On the Right Path. Rachel Avery, the charity's director of marketing and communication, explains the thinking behind the campaign.
2: There's a real misconception around this disease. A lot of people think it is an instant death sentence, and sadly, I can understand why. But when lung cancer is caught early, it can be treated with curative intent. We have patients that are 10, 20 years post-diagnosis. The trick is to get people diagnosed as quickly as possible and treated with the best possible tools that we We
0: We mostly associate it with smoking, but I'm mindful the popular entertainer that the charity is named after and sadly died from lung cancer Never smoked.
2: His lung cancer was attributed to playing his trumpet in jazz clubs. Smoking is still the biggest risk factor, but we know that around 10 to 15% of people who get lung cancer have never smoked. We know air pollution is a cause. We know occupational exposure to things like asbestos, silicon, radon. They can all be contributing factors.
0: What are the signs and symptoms that we should get checked out?
2: I think a lot of people are familiar with the persistent cough that is lasting for three weeks or more. There's other respiratory-based symptoms, getting short of breath, suffering from repeat chest infections, having a cough that changes or gets worse, or kind of feeling kind of any kind of chest pain, coughing up blood, feeling incredibly tired and there's no real cause behind it. If you're losing weight or you've lost appetite, if you're suffering from shoulder pain or back pain, they too can be symptoms. You can get a lump in your neck and also clubbed fingers. Your finger kind of swells around your nail bed and that usually points to a respiratory illness including lung cancer.
1: We spoke earlier
0: about misconceptions and a long-time myth is that lung cancer is predominantly a disease that only affects men.
2: Lung cancer doesn't discriminate. It can affect men and women, young and old. There's slightly more men. One in 15 men will get lung cancer in their lifetime compared to one in 13 women.
0: If you're a family member and you're concerned about a loved one, does nagging work?
2: We've got a chap who's part of our campaign called Ian, and he was nagged a lot to go to the doctor with the persistent cough. He put his hands up and said, you know, I'm stubborn, so I didn't go. And it was only when they kept on highlighting the fact that his cough was getting worse that he took a step back and he realised, oh, actually, yeah, it is. Because if you're surrounded by something constantly, you just kind of grow accustomed to it, don't you? So you don't necessarily see that a cough is getting worse or symptoms are getting worse. So I think that insight that a loved one can give is really, really vital. So don't be put off from pushing your loved one into into going to the doctor.
0: A pilot lung cancer screening campaign across England, I know you're pushing to see replicated UK-wide is helping to detect lung cancer and I know you want to encourage anyone invited to screening to actually go. I know a cure is still out of reach but where are we at in terms of treatments for lung cancer?
2: When lung cancer is caught early, the best treatment we have is surgery. And if it's caught very early, then that can be a VATS procedure that's minimally invasive and with a quicker recovery time. We obviously have chemo and radiotherapy. We've also seen the expansion of targeted therapies and immunotherapies. It provides some real hope for people because even if your lung cancer is caught at a late stage, just because it's not curable doesn't mean it isn't treatable.
0: Word on health. Feel very best of health. Around 1 in 350 of us live with Parkinson's, the degenerative neurological condition mainly caused by the loss of dopamine-producing nerve cells in the brain, which control movement. There are around 40 possible symptoms, which may include tremor, muscle stiffness, stooped posture, painful shoulders, numbness or discomfort in the back, change in facial expression, slowness of movement, limping or dragging of one leg, your handwriting might get smaller, you may lose your sense of smell, your speech may get softer, and you may have depression and anxiety. Each person diagnosed with Parkinson's has a different experience with their own combination of symptoms and side effects, making it far more difficult to treat and its incidence is increasing. Grace Ogden is campaigns and engagement lead at the charity Parkinson's UK.
3: Most people diagnosed with Parkinson's are of 50, so there are elements of people are living longer, so we're seeing more of Parkinsons diagnosed. We're still researching into are there are things that cause these dopamine cells to stop working or die and I'm looking into why it is on the increase.
0: I see more men than women are diagnosed. Age, as you say, is a factor, but there's a highly impactful TV campaign right now showing you can develop Parkinson's earlier in life. Where are we at in terms of finding a cure?
3: We've got some brilliant breakthroughs in treatment, things like deep brain stimulation surgery. There's advances in medication. We understand a lot more about how to help people. And it's just about really making sure that there's investment to get a cure. Parkinson's UK is the biggest funder of research in Europe and we're hoping that with some of the breakthroughs that have been made recently that we can keep pushing at that cure and give hope for people who've been diagnosed.
0: Backed by a number of leading charities and royal colleges, Parkinson's UK has recently launched the Can't Wait campaign to call for government to improve diagnosis and care available for patients because earlier detection and specialist intervention means, although progressive, it is possible to live well with Parkinson's.
3: Absolutely. We have so many people that get involved with our charity actively who live really really well with Parkinson's there is medication that you can take that your specialist or your Parkinson's nurse would provide that would help you manage your symptoms. We have physical activity groups across the country up to help people live well with Parkinson's there's loads of support groups and we have branches at Parkinson's UK where you can go along and talk to other people with Parkinson's. There's a real strong community supporting you to live well while it's a degenerative disease and it will get worse over time like there are ways to live well and see Loved ones and even make a new community.
0: Word on health, feel very best of health. From Good King Wenceslas to the offerings of Messrs. Holder, Wood, McCartney, and Richards, it's a season defined and celebrated in music. Research shows that music supports our physical, mental, and emotional health. It can help in regulating our moods, enhance productivity and concentration. It can even help us sleep better. And as the recent fundraising carol concert, headlined by Niall Rogers and Sheik, on behalf of music therapy charity Nordorf Robbins reminded us, the power of music can make a huge difference for some of the most vulnerable people in our society. Music therapist Alan Rudkin is co-regional manager
4: at Nordorf Robbins. In 1959, an American composer and pianist, Paul Nordoff, and special education teacher Clive Robbins developed a new form of collaborative music making with the purpose of engaging vulnerable and isolated children, which they termed therapy and music. The children revealed in their responses to the music their abilities which created a musical self-portrait from which Nordoff and Robbins were able to work musically with the child's potential. This approach and attitude to music was developed over the following decade and we are now the UK's largest music therapy charity with over 90 music therapists within our team and we work with over 240 different partner organisations every week across the United Kingdom. These include mainstream and special needs schools, care homes, hospices, hospitals mental health services brain injury units and also within community settings working with the most socially deprived and vulnerable including the homeless and asylum seekers we basically believe that anyone and everyone can engage with music regardless of their pathology their illness disability trauma social isolation alan nordorf robbins
0: exists thanks to the generosity of the public and is wholeheartedly supported by the full spectrum of today's and yesteryear's leading musicians and bands What
4: is the evidence to illustrate the charity's approach works? Really, the evidence is in the testimonies of the people that we work with to spread the value of music to other people. Quite recently, I worked with a young lady who, through her brain injury, was really struggling to find her language. Her physical movements were severely affected. I remember knocking on her door and saying, "'Hi, I'm the music guy, do you fancy trying some music today?' And I explained to her some of the things that we could do. Her response was, well, what can I do? I'm just here in bed, really struggling to make myself fully understood in the way that I used to be able to. And I'm in a wheelchair. And I was like, well, let's give it a go. And we explored lots of different things. She shared with me that she absolutely loved musicals. So we started singing songs from the musicals. And through there, she found her voice. She found the flow and fluency of words and language and music again. And then I approached her and said, do you think we could write our own song? You know, you sing these songs so beautifully. How about singing your own song? Let's write about what's really important to you right now. So she started writing a song about her journey to recovery. She wrote the lyrics and together we wrote this song, which she then performed to other patients, to staff on the ward. And what was really lovely, I remember going to see her one week for another session and she was beaming from ear to ear. And I said, oh, you seem really happy today. And she said, well, I wheeled myself up the corridor and I heard a few people go, there's that lady who sings. And she says, and suddenly I realised this is who I am, and that I'm not going to be defined by the journey that I'm going through right now. I am a musical being. Music has always been a huge part of her identity, she said. And suddenly it reminded me that it still is, and that I'm still very much here as I've always been. And what's been really beautiful is that she has since gone on to be an ambassador for Nordorf Robbins, talking to people about her own experiences, which has been absolutely lovely my grateful thanks to all my guests
0: for further information log on to our website www.wordandhealth.com that's www.wordonhealth.com. you can find us on facebook or follow us on twitter our address being at word on health word on health on air and online 52 weeks of the year with paul pennington word on health your personal prescription for your very best of health